Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that connects you with other sisters who share your story, experiences, and goals so you no longer have to feel like the only one like you on your team. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories, and the lessons they learned. Today, we are very excited to have Fatima El Soud. Fatima works as a data engineer in BT using cloud technologies, and she's been doing that since November 2021 after completing a three-month coding bootcamp that trained women in various technical positions at various companies. She manipulate data and make it usable so that insights can be made that help make the business make smarter decisions. Since joining BT, Fatma and her fellow bootcamp graduates have set up a social campaign to encourage more women into tech and create a space to share learning online called inclusive.code. Outside of BT, Fatma also volunteers to teach beginner coding courses from Introduction to Python and Introduction to Web Development with Code First Girls, and has recently signed up to become a STEM ambassador to reach younger audience and encourage them into STEM subjects. Mashallah, what an amazing bio. Thank you so much for coming on, Fatma. Assalamualaikum. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so we always start off, how did you first get into tech? Yes, how did I first get into tech? I think I got in this similar way a lot of other people did. You know how people say they ran interest in tech as a young child. I loved making the HTML like layouts and that sort of stuff for playing out with CSS. And mm. this is back in the day when Neopets were super fun, right? Everyone's oh on gosh. Neopets. I haven't, I haven't heard a big Neopets reference in so long. Yeah. <laughs> that was my childhood. And I would spend oh, like so many team. hours perfecting my user profile layout using HTML and CSS. And it made mm. me feel so like hacky and made me feel like so technical. But then as I grew up, I just leaned more towards like maybe English, maybe become an English teacher at uni. Mm. That was my default plan. But then worked in a school, realized I didn't really want to be a teacher. I couldn't handle it. So much respect for teachers. I could not do it. <laughs> I tried for a year. It wasn't for me. And that's when I picked tech back up again, because during my undergrad, I'd done a course, Introduction to Web Development with Code First Girls. So reigniting that passion for tech with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript for the first time. So actual programming language was really cool. And then I learned that you could do computer science for a year. And I thought, okay, I've got time, so why not do it? Did that for a year. And then that led me to learn more about boot camps and that sort of stuff. And that's what kind of led me into tech. So I'm really happy that I found my way there. But I'd always known that I would try my hardest to get back into it, maybe through self-learning and through whatever. But um, it wasn't something that I was dead set on doing. I wish I had when I was younger. So that's super interesting. And I really love that. I'm wondering, did you have a lot of exposure to other women working in tech when you were younger? Did you see that example or was it kind of, I like tech, but I don't really know what to do with it? She didn't. I don't think I ever did. And I wonder where I did pick up. I think it definitely was through like TV, like totally spies, you know, within the totally old. spies. Oh my God, I thought it could have been best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's purely where my inspiration came from. I, I wish I had people in my network who I could have talked to and get rid of. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's the gadgets and stuff. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be the guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Mashallah. So that's amazing. And, and I think it's really interesting that you, you did the teaching path and now you're an instructor at Code First Girls. 
So what, what's kind of the difference there? Because you're saying th this feels a lot more enjoyable for you. This is really where you're happiest. Yeah, I think it's definitely because I had that experience in working in education. Mm. And I'd been a tutor on the side, I'd been a volunteer mentor. And so it was finding that kind of mix in between where I wanted to get more technical experience. But then also my whole CV was very education oriented. Like I did not look like a technical CV person. I didn't feel like I'd be taken seriously by recruiters or whatever. So it, it was, it kind of served me as, as much as it served my passion to teach other people. Whereas I was kind of buffing up my CV, getting that technical experience, but also in a way that was genuinely fun for me. Like I love to impart that information to people and break things down to where it's not so intimidating when you think of, oh, programming or, oh my gosh, Python. It's no, it's like we take it step by step, week by week. And then next thing you know, you're off coding where your little programming languages. So I really, really enjoy being an instructor. Masha, it's it's really apparent that it makes you happy. SubhanAllah. And I like what you're saying that you're doing this transition from education into tech and you had a very education heavy CV. And one of the reasons you're doing Code First Girls and being an instructor is to help boost that experience. And this is a very common thing that we see in tech sisters. We have lots and lots of sisters who are coming in, transitioning from other fields. And they're kind of running into that same problem. And it's a very common question we have is how do we build up that experience? Because you can't really get that entry-level job. It's really difficult. Absolutely. And that's so true. And it's one of the things I remember struggled with like the most. And mm. anytime someone asks me this, I always have to relate that back to, you have to mix in what you have currently, like utilize your own skills and find something that Again, it empowers you because you already have skills transferred into it. And then it gives you the opportunity to showcase your skills in a new light. So for me, that was maybe instructing with Code First Girls. For somebody else that may be recreating a program or some type of project that specifically targets their area of niche and work. So I recently spoke to someone who is a content creator or I think she was a social media marketing manager or something like that. Mm. Um, basically works in like social media management and we were talking about how she was really interested in getting into data and I immediately plucked out that you know you work with so much data you're in social media marketing and, uh, and management and I'm sure you have a lot of data that you manage and make reports for and as she was talking she was like you know what, actually I work with Excel quite a lot and actually I'm creating I'm generating a report I'm doing this and that I'm thinking okay, well, let's make a Python program and you can gain some insights through that. And just through having that conversation, she was able to get like a game plan for herself and create like a whole project or portfolio of projects that she can create to build up her skills and have something to show to recruiters or whoever may ask, you know, for examples of her skill sets when she is jumping into the job market because it's, it is intimidating making that switch, especially from a different career path. So you do need something to back up and kind of showcase. Like, I do have skills. Here's some examples. And because it's in my area or my niche of expertise, I can talk about it a lot in interviews. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's, there's a mindset shift that has to happen where you're not thinking about your past career as a weakness, but you're thinking as a strength. So it's something that's going to really distinguish you from the other applicants in the job. And so your job is how to market all of your experience and make it fit into what you're applying for yeah. and how to strengthen, you know, what's already there and to boost up. So that's like this whole art 
And I love what you're saying is how you had this conversation with her and you're able to bring this out. So that's mentoring, right? And that's why it's so important to have mentors who believe in you and can just just kind of help you see what you already have, right? Absolutely. And there's so many people out there. I think this is one thing that I've learned about being in the tech space. People are so open to talking to other people. And especially if you're a woman and you're being women, Muslim women, whoever you may be, because we're all facing some type or similar barriers in this community being underrepresented. I love when people reach out to me. I'm generally down to jump on a call with you. It'll go from just a mini chat, just a small question to I'll have a 30 minute conversation with you. Like, let's have a talk. And so many people have done that for me when I was starting up. Mm-hmm. That's really the beauty about the tech community I found since joining. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. It makes me feel really happy when somebody comes and asks me a question, especially if it's one of, I'll be honest, especially the the entry-level questions, I feel like I can really answer those very well. It's when it gets a lot more technical, I'm like, well, <laughs> I can point you to the right direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not that advanced, but, you know, let's figure that together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's even part of the learning journey, too, because I think a lot of people have it in our heads. If someone is senior or if someone is the face of something that they know it all, which is absolutely not the case. And the more you work, the more you realize that the seniors are Googling all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is such a shift that I found in like joining this like whole work of tech and the world of tech. Having to be okay with not knowing stuff. Yeah. I, as a perfectionist, it hurts me because I feel the need to know things before I jump into it. I think this is a thing maybe in women in general, how, you know, how they say women can look at a job advertisement and if she doesn't have like 90 to 100% of the skills, she won't apply. Whereas a man will see, oh, I got 50%, I'm going to go for it. I'm sure I'll get it. I feel the same way. And it's just having, kind of overcoming that and like being okay with not knowing things and just Sitting with the fact that it's going to be a forever lifelong learning career. Yeah, it's definitely really reassuring when you see your seniors who are going to the answers or someone senior in your team asks you a question and it's like, well, let's, let's both Google this together because <laughs> yes. of us have an answer right now. I love we that. I think know. it's really refreshing. <laughs> yeah. I had a colleague who, whenever he encountered something that he didn't know, he would get more and more excited because this is something like, oh, cool, I'm learning something new. And I thought that was such a really great mindset. I can never reach that level of excitement that he had, but I can still go into like, wow, this is this is a neat new thing that I'm learning. This is new information I'm putting in my brain. And then, you know, we'll have some new, it's, it's just a baraka, right? Everything that you learn yeah. is a baraka and then it's, it's good to be able to apply it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about funding inclusive code because you're talking about in this space, you know, we're Muslim women in tech. We have lots of women of color. It's really hard, you know, these different identities. You have these, all these layers of being the other. And so I think you're going through this with your group as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, def- absolutely. I've, since joining BT, I've come in with a group of amazing women. And out of this group of women, I am the only Black Muslim woman in the group. Everyone else has their own thing that going for them. But again, we don't come from the same background in terms of the boot camp and joining right. BT. And Inclusive Code was really generally a way for us to navigate our learning through this new career, new tech space. It's so daunting joining mm-hmm. and jumping in and switching careers into tech. It's like, it's almost like a funnel where there's so much information out there 
And yes, the more you learn, the more things start to come into place until you start to gain expertise and knowledge in one area. And then you start to drill down and that that's your expertise, right? For me, that was maybe data engineering. And I see myself as like, okay, I'm like mid funnel. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to drill down. But when I first got in there, it was just a landscape, like super wide. I did anything. So inclusive code was a really great way for us within ourselves just to ground in our learning. And the part that I was really interested in was learning more about roles in tech. Yeah. I'd ask so many people about that. Like everyone I'd talk to from mentors to new managers to people within BT, anyone in my network, I would just be like, you need to explain the roles in tech What's to me. Your job? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what is this? I, I know, like where data, there, there's apparently so many other things, methodologies versus actual roles. Yeah. Oh my days, all these buzzwords. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand half of it. But it's just kind of making sense of it and trying to understand it yourself is the really, it's really helpful. But I felt that the best way to do it was as we're learning. You just put it out there and share it so that it helps anyone else who's in our kind of position. I feel like once you specialize in something, sometimes it's hard to reflect on the feelings of what it was like as a new beginner. Mm. Sometimes it may be hard to relate to someone who's trying to, I don't know, learn the landscape themselves. And so you get a bit caught up in the jargon and the technicalities of it all. So when you're trying to help them navigate that new person, some things fly over their heads. So again, it was a perfect way for us to, as we're learning, share that knowledge forward because we were there. We were right there in the trenches with you. But then it also became a way for people to reach out to us, which we loved as well. And we were always upfront and we'd say, you know, we're still beginners, but hey, let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's jump on a call. Let's have these conversations. And it served as a way to grow our network as well, which is another thing we, we always rant to everyone about. Anyone who asks us is use your network, grow your network. As someone who is socially anxious at best at networking events, <laughs> She's not good in the social conversations sometimes, but I found it as a really great way to break that ice because people will reach out or I can reach out that common knowledge and it just helped get a lot more easier to grow the network in that sense. So I guess that was another bonus that came out of it. All in all, it was really generally just a fun project on the side while at work, but it grew into something that very near and dear to our hearts and we look forward to growing it even more. Mashallah. So there's a lot of beautiful things that you said in there. I think one, it's just really lovely that you stayed in touch with this group, that you have this common experience, and now you're even more bonded by the thing that you built, and you're giving this positive experience to so many other people who are following you. And that's wonderful. We just had a discussion question on Texas series about maintaining friendships as adults, and it's really hard, right? But doing something like this where you're all kind of bonded together is really beautiful. SubhanAllah, so amazing there. And I love what you're saying about how it's difficult to give that advice to a beginner once you kind of move up because you very, very quickly lose that beginner, not so much lose the beginner mindset because you're always in some ways a beginner, but you don't really know how it feels to be fresh anymore. So that's really, really cool that you're able to to do that and to give so much support. Yeah, we really enjoy it. It's good right. fun. <laughs> good fun. <laughs> yeah, and that's the most important thing too. SubhanAllah, that these things are fun. I'm also right there with you. I do not do well at networking events. This is my networking. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> this is the thing for me. 
Yeah, this this is how I make friends. I invite them <laughs> on the podcast episodes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's not not even a lie. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah. So, Fatima, so you're doing really well at Inclusive Code, and you're in a good good place with BT. So, what are you hoping for next? Oh, oh, I don't know. I feel like I have so many goals bubbling up in yeah. here. That I don't even know where I'm off to next. I think I generally I'm like counting my my blessings and all the privileges that I've been allowed. Like that's gotten me to this position. Even, you know, facing the barriers that we face, I still recognize I have a lot of privileges considering, you know, where I'm from and who I am and currently what I'm doing. So I'm really, really happy in where I am at, but I definitely have a lot of amazing things I do want to achieve. And that ranges, like everything's categorized. So like I've got my certification goals, I've got my mini project goals, and then there's obviously like inclusive code and where I envision that becomes. I think at the forefront is just like certification. How can I excel in my career? Because, mm. okay, great. You've made it in. You've got your first job. But now what? Now is when the work really begins. It was hard getting the first job. So now it's like, we've got to step it up. So I think definitely certifications, giving back to more communities. So mentoring and that sort of stuff is really important to me. Trying to help out people where I can. And I think currently Inclusive Co is trying to go that I really want it to become more of a community. So we'll be building up on that, especially coming December time. Really excited for some of the new things we've got planned behind the scenes. But yeah, I think lots of mini goals. And I think it's important that we have like goals that we can strive for, making them achievable in specific timeframes. Because one thing that I found, which was really frustrating, was before I even got my job, is setting super high expectations and then we all fall for it and then when you don't even meet at all you're barely halfway to that goal and then you get demotivated and then you mm. lose track and then it's just oh, okay it's so you lost focus so currently I'm trying to scale it back work on building new habits work on my mindset and how I approach different tasks and then we'll see where it goes because through that and through building them habits inshallah we will achieve great things inshallah <laughs> Inshallah. Remember, the most beloved deeds are the small and consistent ones, the ones you do every day. Inshallah. Absolutely. And in the tech focus, you know, you have iterative development. We do it into sprints. So you take a big endpoint, you break it down into small chunks, you keep getting better each time. Alhamdulillah. Uh, yeah. It's all, it's all the same. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we don't even know anymore the technical. <laughs> That's it. Yes. <laughs> See, it's not scary to get into tech. (laughs) (laughs) What is something that you're most proud of, Fatima? In your personal life, or it can be in your career, however you want to answer something that's like really special and meaningful for you. This, for me, like ranges. It flips between two things. Inclusive code and how that's built up and all that we've been able to accomplish with it. I'm super, super proud of that platform and the little community that we've got going and with what we're trying to accomplish with that moving forward. It's something that's always going to be like, make me really, really proud. But another thing I think that's more personal to me is probably just like my career in general. Yeah, <laughs> I love who I am. I love being a data engineer. I take such pride in like my career. And like, especially considering like I'm Libyan, I am visibly black hijabi. So to be able to thrive in this type of career and 
you know, get all these amazing opportunities at work and be able to do the side projects that I'm currently doing, where I'm the only person here in the UK with my dad. I've always grown up with only my family here in the UK. Everyone else is back at home. So there's a drastic difference between the role of women in the UK versus the role of women in Libya, who, again, they've made amazing strides in their own right. I just see that difference quite a lot. So to be able to come here in the UK, have all this privilege and advances that I'm able to get, being here, being born here and get education here and then getting a job in tech, in the Western world alone, it's still an issue. It's still underrepresented in women in general. So I love that I'm trying to like strive for that. I think I get that from my dad because he quite literally made it out of the village with, you know, amazing test results and scholarships and became a doctor in the UK. That's super, super inspirational. (laughs) Exactly. So you see where I get that from. (laughs) That's what we're trying to do here. I think that I'm, I'm generally really, really proud of where I am. So continuing on that front and trying to extend that career is, yeah, it's going to keep me most proud, I think. Oh, that's amazing. So how uh, I love reward your father for being such a great inspiration for you and your whole family. Mashallah, it's amazing. Um, There's something that I've noticed in talking to so many women on this is, and this is maybe it's a bit of a generalization, but it's what I've seen, is because we're so connected with the communities and women who do not have access to the privilege that we have, we, we give back a lot more. We're always really invested in mentoring and helping the community and doing social enterprises and doing tech for good and and really, you know, making use of this. And I think it's really because we have that deep connection with the people who don't have it. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I really, really see that. And I love that. I love that my community is able to bring so much using the skills that we gain. Mm. It's generally amazing. And it makes me so happy to see. Alhamdulillah. What is something in your journey that you regret or you wish you did differently? That's a good question. (laughs) I like to think that, you know, this was a path that Allah's always put in plan for us. So whatever happened, I don't, I don't regret. But some things I sometimes do wish were a little different. I wish that I'd taken computer science at an earlier age. And I wish I took it more seriously. I wish I had more faith in myself and actually actually sat down and took it because I remember I, I I vividly see this like point in my life where I was like I could sit and take this access to higher education course and I could choose computer science as a specialty but I don't know I just thought you know I can become an English teacher I that's a career I could do and it just seemed like the thing to do at the time mm. and that was the advice I was getting from the people around me I think also that influenced it quite a lot so I do regret it that I didn't take computer science. And I, and I wish I'd had someone to push me as well, like as a teenager, to commit to it, which is why I now encourage my little sisters to, to do it now. I made sure they all took computer science and GCSEs. <laughs> and one of them is actually taking it quite seriously. And she did it for her levels and she'll be doing it for her university as well. well so that is I'm serious so indeed. Yeah. Of her. Sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like dragging her into the tech. I'm like, yeah, I gotta come. Engineer yeah, with love me. It. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm really, it makes me super happy when they come to me for advice and I can help yeah. them out on that. So yeah. Alhamdulillah. Well, that, that's a good point as well. So you're a STEM ambassador now and you're, you're helping these young girls who are not just your sisters, 
how are you encouraging them to get into the field or just to, to kind uh, of get that interest? I think that honestly, if it helps one child, one school child that sees any of my videos or mm. any of the sessions that I'm definitely going to be getting more involved in with some ambassadors, it's that they can see someone who looks like them, someone who looks like them, but is working in tech because I know I'd never had that, but I think when I think I think I know if I had seen it, <laughs> I, I probably would have taken it a lot more seriously. Sometimes it just takes that one person to to say kind of maybe enlighten a bit more on the world of tech and the specific roles, because at that age, you really don't know a lot and maybe you don't know all your options. And having someone who's kind of made it through the other side and they're in their career showcase what the end goal could look like and if that relates to you in any way, then you might take it more seriously. Then you actually, you know, put yourself down for computer science. So for me, that's kind of the most important point. So for, even though like I'm not like out there, out there, I like to, if I get opportunities to, you know, go to talk to classes or whatever, I do usually jump on that. I'm like, yes, put me through. I'm there. I'm actually <laughs> talking get another boot camp like in, in two days. And I'm like, hey, everyone, yes, the data boot camp. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. I I'm so down for it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's wonderful. And I've definitely noticed that, especially with you know that GCSE age, where there's a general interest in tech, but you don't really know too much about the jobs that you can do. Maybe you could work at Tesla. Maybe you'll be a video game designer. And then question marks, you know, and just, just some gentle guidance on these are actually the rules that you can do. You don't have to do math. You don't even have to do coding for a lot of roles in tech. Yeah. You can totally do this. So, alhamdulillah. Absolutely. The math one got me there. <laughs> Questions like that about the math. I'm like, no, you don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> I haven't done math in my job yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> you forget the math. <laughs> Problem solving, communication skills. Yeah, communication is really most of it, so Paula. That's it. <laughs> Although I don't want to come off as anti-math in this interview. If you love math, that's great. Good for you. Go for yeah. it. It's a strength. But it's not like a requirement for tech. You can definitely make a very good career that's without great. math. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so the last question I have for you tonight, Fatima, is what is something or someone that you're most grateful for in your tech journey? Oh, I think... The two groups really are the people who have mentored me throughout the, my time in like this, you know, transition into tech. Then my first official mentor, her name was Pauline, and she's really amazing. Like she's up all up in like social media space. She has a blog and everything. She's just amazing content. But she volunteered quite a lot with Coach First Girls. So as one of the Coach First Girls programs that I was on, she was a mentor for my group. She actually put BT on the map for me. I would have never thought to consider BT as a place that I could work in. I just didn't think I was technical enough at all, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And then she, through talking to her about the, the BT grad scheme, it just seemed a lot more attainable. And mm -hmm. hearing her experiences in the company, it just felt a lot more like, okay, this is probably a company I could see myself working in as well. And I applied, didn't get through, if I'm being honest. I made it to the last stage, places filled up. But then I heard about the Code Best Girls Bootcamp, the first one that they were going. BT were sponsoring positions as a panel. Mm. I all just came back around again and I accepted it and I got into BT through that way. So clearly, Allah wanted me to work at BT. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Um, but I think that having people like that in my life, the mentors really 
are the ones who have shaped my career where I am. My second mentor was the person who advised me. Her name was Tilly. She advised me to become a data engineer. This is when I had joined BT and the way we joined our managers, they got us to choose placements, kind of figure out where we want to be based in. And then through that, we would gain experiences internally at BT. And we had different placements like a network developer or a DevOps engineer or a data engineer. So there's a few roles. And these were all words to me. I didn't really understand 100% the work that they would be doing. Clearly, you see why I was really interested in roles in tech when I first joined VT. <laughs> but she kind of talked me through the different like roles that were available and recommended you should go for data engineer because I talked a lot about my interests with her and she got to me really well over the summer. So I'd done that and I really enjoyed it since. It was very hard at first, but I really enjoyed it since. And then I've, my manager since running BC has been incredibly amazing and like helping me navigate through like working life because I's just gone through working at KFC into BT. <laughs> so oh it was God. a drastic <laughs> shift. I from potting pots. You didn't you put know, that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> What's come up LinkedIn by now? She's gone now. But yeah, I went straight from working at KFC in BT. BT is my first office job. So that was, that was very, a very big like, change. Scary. It was a huge change. And I kept thinking yeah. that I'm going to come across as I don't know how to navigate myself in an office space. That was really important for me. It was terrifying at first, but my manager was really, really helpful, like, uh, in, like helping me out, even down to like little things like how do I sign up like emails correctly? And, like, how do I book like meetings like oh. efficiently you know cc'ing and bcc people yeah these all these office stuff she never like judged me for it at all which i love and everything was just like over the top answering which i absolutely love oh. for that so yeah that was Sinead <laughs> she's absolutely amazing in beauty she really set the standard of what a manager should be like so these these people who have like helped shape my career i am forever grateful for and it's I've just taken away all the qualities I've really admired about them and I'm just trying to give back to like anyone else who reaches out for help because it's generally like the people who paved the way for me I want to be able to pave the way for someone else oh wonderful that's so beautiful mashallah you've been very very fortunate mashallah to have so many wonderful mentors and good managers it's, it's really wonderful alhamdulillah yeah <laughs> Oh, that's great. Definitely be very lucky counting on my blessings. I, yeah, definitely lucked out there. <laughs> mm, totally. Alhamdulillah. Is there any last bits of advice or anything that you'd like to share, Fatma? Ooh, last piece of advice. Yeah. I think just keep at it to anyone who is listening to this episode and is kind of in that little wavering stage of should I, shouldn't I? Tech is booming, you know, they're flirting with the idea of switching into tech. I would say go for it. I think that it would never hurt to pick it up, you know, if you like on your own. You can always find classes that lots of different organizations will hold. Good First Girls is a really great organization, but it's one of many. You'll always find amazing organizations that will help direct you and help you with those beginner stages and beginner courses. And I always say like the most important part is don't be afraid to reach out. And I feel a little bit like a hypocrite saying that because I am terrified when it comes to reaching out sometimes. But you know the um, feeling, you know how scary it is. That's it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes all it takes is that one message to someone because again, I've personally found a lot of people in tech, 
they're happy to have conversations with mm-hmm. you and like answer questions and sometimes they'll you know sit and like on calls with you I think a lot of people sit on calls with you so definitely don't be afraid to reach out and like ask questions because you know sometimes it takes that person with the experience to help guide and help navigate your 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 path and how you want to make it in so I just say don't give up I know it's hard at the start but you've got this pick one project and stick with it it's another key advice because <laughs> we've all been that you know, we've, all, we've all died on that cliff many projects <laughs> unfinished I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> stick to the one calculate a python project and finish it <laughs> finish it <laughs> but I think definitely definitely the biggest one is kind of just talking to people talking mm-hmm. to people reach out to people get some advice if you need it and because it really really helps you and just don't give up because you'll got to see yourself to the end that's it yeah well alhamdulillah thank you so much Fatma it's so wonderful having you on and we definitely have to do like a collab with Texas series and inclusive code absolutely you read my mind (laughs) (laughs) you beat me too so I'm gonna hold you to it Grace (laughs) yeah it's recorded so this is gonna be in the episode so there's evidence (laughs) absolutely We will be DMing you soon. (laughs) Amazing. And as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. If you liked it and you like what we're doing at Tech Sisters, consider following us, leaving a review, sharing this episode with any friends, or even supporting us on Patreon. All of those really help us a lot. This is a completely nonprofit organization. We're just doing this for Sadaka. So anything that helps more Muslim women find us and discover us and hear the stories is immensely helpful. And if you are a Muslim woman in tech, please go ahead and check out our community. It is completely free and fun and very supportive. You can join by going to our website at tech-sisters.com and filling out the membership form and you will get a link right away into our Slack. So it's really, really easy. And that is all for me. And I'll see you next week. as alaikum.